What is up, everybody? Welcome into this Tuesday episode of Flippin' Bats. If you don't know by my shirt, this week in Shohei Otani news is happening today. We also got Honesty Hour. I got something I need to sound off on today. And name that team. Let's go. This one's going to be a blast. Let's get to it. What's up, my friends? I am joined, as always, by Alex Curry. Today is going to be a fun one. As I mentioned, whenever I'm wearing this shirt, you just know it's this week in Otani News. So we're going to have a fun episode today. We have that. We also have a few more things. As I mentioned, uh, honesty hour. I'm going to sound off about the New York Mets and something that I believe they should be doing that they're not doing. And also name that team. Alex, I heard today what? of the three that there's a chance I get zero and oh. maybe one. You know what? I feel like when you're told you're not going to do yeah, well, do you do your best. And when we tell you you're going to get them all, that's when you struggle. Is that so, why you're now telling me that this you're trying to get back in my head because I was <laughs> told I'm not going to get psychology. any. So stick around for that. In a little while, name that team. See if you can get more than I can. We'll see. But, um, yeah, it'll be fun. It's going to be fun. But I think my new favorite part of Tuesday now mm. is that we're starting off with our new segment, Honesty Hour. And I got to know because, you know, Mets are off to a, an average 5-5 start. Mm -hmm. What do you want to be honest about here with the Mets. Let's put ourselves in the trust tree. Okay, we're here. It's time for honesty hour. I'm on the branch. And what I need to say today is that the New York Mets need to call up their young guys. Call up the prospects. Play your prospects. I know Francisco Alvarez just got called up because why? Well, he was forced into it. A catcher, Narvaez, ends up getting hurt. Next thing you know, Alvarez needs to come up, but he doesn't even play the first couple of days he's up. He finally gets an opportunity to play on Sunday in his first hit. Guess what? RBI knock. But it doesn't just stop with him. Brett Beatty in the minor leagues. Ronnie Mauricio. I need to talk about all these guys. First off, Francisco Alvarez coming into this year was the number one prospect in Major League Baseball. The top prospect in the game of baseball. Let me list you the top five coming into this year, okay? Grayson Rodriguez was number five. Big leaguer. Now, starting pitcher, Orioles. Number four, Andrew Panter. Injured. Anthony Volpe, number three. Opening day, starting shortstop for the New York Yankees. Jordan Walker for the Cardinals, number two. Everyday outfielder now. He's been great. Number one, Francisco Alvarez. Starts the year in the minor leagues. They don't really want to bring him up. They're forced to bring him up. And then they said he's going to be our backup catcher. I don't get it. Why? He's the number one prospect in baseball. He's, give him an opportunity. If you're going to have him up, give him an opportunity. And it's not like the Mets lineup is firing on all cylinders right now. As you mentioned, they're playing right around 500 baseball. They're not exactly killing it. You have Brett Beatty down in the minor leagues hitting well over 300, an OPS well over 1,100. Brett Beatty should have made the opening day roster, but they ended up going with Eduardo Escobar over at third base, who's hitting 129 on the year. Not been good. Brett Beatty, 400, two homers, five RBIs, two stolen bases. In AAA, the guy's tearing it up. He's exactly what this lineup needs. There are holes in this Mets lineup, and they have patches 
for these holes, and they're just not filling them. Escobar over at third base. I love the guy, but last year and now to start this year, it hasn't been great. Thomas Nito behind the plate, batting 125. You're now everyday catcher if Alvarez is going to be the, the backup. Nito's hitting 125. You have an outfield hole, most likely left field. Here's my thought with Ronnie Mauricio. This is the last guy I want to talk about. Alvarez, Brett Beatty, who I think should be up right now. Alvarez, who I think should be the starting catcher. Ronnie Mauricio, another guy tearing it up in the minor leagues. But guess what? His position's shortstop. We all might know this. The shortstop position for the New York Mets is going to be taken for a long, long time to come from Francisco Lindor. So why is this guy still playing shortstop in the minor leagues? Or I, I don't get it. He tore it up in he tore it up in spring training. You know he's not going to be your big league shortstop. Move him to second base. Try him in the outfield. Do something. I, I don't understand. So what you could do if you're the Mets, and obviously you can't just bring him up and put him in a different position. Start playing him at second base. Next thing you know, you can put Jeff McNeil in the outfield, outfield or put Mauricio in the outfield and see how he does out there. The guy's an athlete. I know he's tearing it up in the minor leagues. You have holes at the big league level, and it just feels like they're continuing to not patch those holes. And the last point I want to make is with Brett Beatty. They've consistently been asked about Brett Beatty. Why? Because he had a great spring training. He's tearing it up in AAA. And they said, and I quote, it would be unfair to call up Brett Beatty before getting him more reps in the minor leagues, especially defensively. I'm going to be honest. I played minor league baseball, and if anybody said, do you want to get called up or would it be unfair to you? I'd be like, I, what, what do you mean? Call me up. Let's do this. I, I, unbelievable. It'd be unfair to him. He's dominating. Brett Beatty, I tweeted this the other day when he was he had like a four-knock four game. Brett Beatty sure does look like an everyday big leaguer, batting about 400 with two homers through the first 15 at-bats in the minor leagues. Honesty hour, the New York Mets have some issues offensively, and I feel like they have the holes. They just need to do what other organizations are showing that they do, mm -hmm. and believe in your guys. Believe in them. Call them up, let them play, and see how it goes. Yeah, when you're not living up to expectations, because let's be honest here, we're in, we're in the trust tree. Mets had huge expectations coming into this season. Probably one of the teams with the biggest expectations yeah. with all the offseason acquisitions that they made and the just the payroll and the roster that they've put together. And when you only have two guys on your team hitting above 250, mm. this is your time. This is when you take the risk, as you mentioned, taking a chance on these young guys, believing in them. You have the number one prospect in Major League Baseball. Take the chance. Take a risk. What, what's going to happen? Take a chance, take a chance, take a chance, take a chance. Yeah, you got nothing to lose at this point. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand. Like, we see other organizations and the way they're going about things. Look at the – look at the – Seattle Mariners last year and their ability to say we're calling up our number one prospect on opening day we know he's going to be good go at it mm -hmm. and, and it just feels like the Mets are a team that doesn't do it until it's like well you could have done this all year your hand is forced like believe in your guys allow them to play a full season in the big leagues and then come playoff time they're not like trying to prove themselves mm -hmm. you got guys that have played all year long at their position and you know they they're believed in like I don't know. I, I would just like to see them in the – it's not like – this was kind of my thought in spring training. Brett Beatty should have made the team. 
he was the clear best option, right? And now the season has started. We are over a weekend, not a ton of time, but Escobar is not Escobar's not been great. Thomas Nito, now the starting catcher, has not been great. They have an outfield spot that that's available. I I just I wish they would do it, and it feels like other teams around the league have done it. Yeah. And are saying, you know what, we're just gonna bring our guys up. And the the Mets to this point have not been one of them, and I think they should be. I'm with you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, all right, from Honesty Hour, let's get out of the trust tree. Okay. And move on to my favorite segment of all time, my friends. It is time for this week in Shohei Otani news. We're going to talk about his week on the mound, his week at the plate, some things he's doing outside the foul lines, maybe an AL MVP <laughs> conversation, and the new samurai helmet that the Angels uh. use to celebrate home runs. I love it. Let's start with his pitching on the mound. Obviously, his first start of the year ended up going really well after a slow-er start. This start was kind of the same. Took him two to three innings to really get going in this outing against the Mariners. And it was a that first inning really could have gone poorly very quickly. Walked a couple of guys, seemed to get into some trouble, and then worked his way out of that trouble. Second and third inning, still not really himself. Ends up working out of it becomes the dominant Shohei that we have come to know and love and ends up settling in and dominating for six innings, one earned run, three hits, eight strikeouts, 110 pitches, and got the W on the mound. So what I like to see here is this was almost a continuation of what we saw from Shohei last year, whereas if he got in trouble, he was able to figure it out and work out of it. Shohei from the first couple of years in the big leagues, if he doesn't have his stuff, he's out of that game in the second or third inning. And he certainly had that stuff early on in the game. Well, he had his stuff, but he was a little all over the place with it. That was an outing where previously in years past, he's not getting out of that third inning. He's going to continue to walk guys. But he figured it out and really locked in, was throwing 101, punching guys out, started finding his command. He was nasty on the mound, 110 pitches the most this year in his two starts and uh, ended up driving in a run after, after his 110th pitch struck out the eighth guy, went up to the plate and drove in a run. It was an unbelievable game. It was great. And it's always, it's always awesome for him to get that first win, especially after having the outing he did in his first start to then actually get the win in the second. But there was a moment in this game that was probably one of my favorite Shohei Otani moments. Um, Pretty sure you saw it. He was talking to the ump just outside of the dugout, Otani decides to then reach into the umpire's ball pouch without asking and tosses a ball (laughs) to the pitcher on the mound of the opposing team. Now, I am pretty sure Shohei Otani is the only player in Major League Baseball who can get away with something like this. And it was absolutely (laughs) hilarious. The turn of the umpire. You're just like, wait. Uh, Okay. Okay. That happened. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. And as I mentioned, that pitching-wise, he was dominant and has continued to start this year off great. Offensively, he throws that 110th pitch, gets the strikeout, and then next thing you know, he comes up to the plate, drives in the fourth run of the game, and I think at the time that made them go up 4-1 to in the ballgame, they ended up winning 4-3. to So that added insurance run ended up being huge 
huge for them in that game. And then just this week in general, offensively, man, I, I called it I, in this segment, I believe last week, I called how big I think the shift would be for him mm -hmm. batting average wise. Man, the guy's hitting over 330 this year to start the year, over 320 at the plate on the week, three homers, six RBIs. On Sunday, we saw him hit a ball. Man, I loved seeing this. There was a ball in off of the plate, a ball mm -hmm. inside, and he hit it opposite field out for a homer, deep left center field. When Shohei Otani is going at his best, we see this, what we see in this video right now. He will inside out a ball and drive it into that left center field gap. When I see this, when I see Shohei doing things like we just saw right there, that's when you know he's locked in. And he's locked in at the plate right now. Last seven days has been off the charts. And, um, yeah, he's he's locked in on both the mound and at the plate right now. You have to imagine that the WBC was a huge part of him almost coming into the start of the season feeling like he's in midseason form. Because, yeah. as you watched... They won the WBC, Team Japan. He was the MVP. He was absolutely incredible during the WBC and then just carried it right into the start of the season. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I do think, you know, the WBC in years past kind of had a little bit of a stigma about it. But I really think we're seeing a lot of guys come in. Yeah. Super locked in. Who played? To the regular season. I mean, look mm -hmm. at what, what Trout's doing so far. Look at a ton of the big stars that played in the WBC doing really well. So at the plate, offensively, Really good this week. On the mound, another dominant start, but I really liked what I saw there because we know more often than not Shohei's going to have his stuff from the very beginning of the game, but this one he didn't, and he found a way to, to work around it. Uh, another first. Shohei's a guy full of firsts, right? Well, Shohei Otani continued that theme this week. Shohei became what will now forever be etched in history, the first player ever to have a pitch clock violation on the mound and at the plate in the exact same game. And again, we mentioned the WBC and how that's affected him. I really think that could have affected him here as well. Look, yep. the WBC didn't have the pitch clock, right? So he's pitching in the World Baseball Classic at the plate in the World Baseball Classic while all these other players are at spring training learning about the pitch clock. Well, Shohei didn't exactly have that. And now in his second game of the year, he's out there on the mound taking too long and <laughs> gets the violation and then getting in the box taking too long gets the violation first player ever I don't think it will be the last because I think we'll see a position player pitch at some point in a blowout and probably get yeah. one as well but uh just a, a man of first Alex yeah which we love thank you Otani <laughs> getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Alex, do you think... Do you think it's too early in the year to have an AL MVP conversation? No, not at all. It's absolutely not too soon <laughs> to have an AL MVP conversation because what I want to do throughout this entire season is kind of give an update on how Shohei is doing, which I do every week in this week in Otani news, but also how some other players from around the league are doing. And when you talk about AL MVP, who's in that conversation with Shohei? 
Who's doing really well? Who needs to be worried about if you're a fan of Shohei and rooting for him to win the AL MVP? Well, I'll tell you. Right now, probably, if the season ended right now, it'd probably be Shohei's. But another guy that right now would probably be neck and neck because it's been very close is Adam Duvall. Adam Duvall so far this year, batting 455 with four homers and 14 RBIs. He has been tearing the cover off the ball. Now, on Sunday, unfortunately, Adam Duvall got pretty it I, I don't want to say it appeared pretty bad dove for a ball out in center field and uh, appeared to pretty badly injure his already surgically repaired wrist so who knows what what's going to happen there but no matter what big blow so far to the Red Sox lineup that he's I mean he's been the bright spot for that team he's been so good to start the year and his stats so far are are showing just that another guy Mike Trout his teammate trout has been so good to start the year and it's just on the heels of hitting 40 homers last year when he didn't play like a third or fourth of the season he's already hitting 379 on the year with three homers and eight rbi he was the first player on the angels to put on that samurai helmet when he hit a home run at home he keeps attacking that truck out in left center field at angel stadium i don't know what that truck did to him but the first two games of the season at home he took aim right at it so um I mean he's been dominating Mike Trout's certainly in that conversation another guy would be Aaron Judge who on Sunday hit two home runs uh Aaron Judge is now right back and you know it's the beginning of the season but home run total wise he he wasn't up there with the league leaders however Sunday two home runs now he's one off the lead uh hitting well over 300 as well he's hitting 364 with four home runs on the year Aaron Judge right there in that conversation. And lastly, one that comes to mind is Jordan Alvarez. Jordan has what 14 RBI in, in nine games to, to start the year. Nine or ten, I think Sunday made ten games. Batting 281, three homers, and 14 RBIs. Hit a grand slam the other day. So that's kind of Shohei's competition to this point. But what Shohei does that all of these other guys don't do is pitch. And I know I might be barking up the same old tree there, but... For, for somebody else to take the MVP award away from Shohei, who is the big favorite to win it for a reason, you have to do something like what Aaron Judge did last year, which is break the all-time AL record. Do I think that happens this year? I don't. I don't. So as of right now, I think Shohei is is the sitting favorite to, to win the AL MVP award. Oh, I'm with you. I mean, it's how do you compete with a guy that plays two positions and is – Top tier in both two positions. Well, you he would can't. say it's unfair, but the guy he has can't. put in so much work in his life. To, his whole to be able life to, do it. to he be does, here. So it's not unfair at all. He's no. Just, he's, he's earned every bit of the success yes, he's had. Yes, he has. So, last part of this week in Shohei Otani news. Probably my favorite yes. part. Yes. The samurai helmet that Shohei Otani has brought to this Angels team. They don't have a cowboy hat celebration anymore. They have a samurai helmet celebration alex what an upgrade i love it here it is here we saw shohei otani for the first time on sunday got to wear this thing i'm in love with it i think it's awesome alex i i feel like you will as well but i did a little bit of research on this thing as well okay so i have all i have all the the news that i didn't even know any the article that i read okay was in japanese okay so i translated the article and was okay. able to put a few things together first off it's made in japan Cool. Um, it's manufactured by Murataki, an armor workshop in Kagoshima. Ooh. 
So and it's real. It's real. Ooh. And it has a cost of about 330,000 yen, which you might say, Ben, how much is that in American dollars? Yeah. $2,500. Oh, snap. Yeah. He splurged. So I what love we're it. saying is, don't drop it. No. Just keep it safely on your head. I love it. Shohei Otani brought this and, and was the one that made this happen for the Angels. We saw Trout wear it the other day. We saw Shohei get to wear it for the first time on Sunday. And it is an expensive piece of headwear. Huge upgrade. And I love that he's also bringing more of the Japanese culture into the clubhouse, into the dugout. And for all of us fans to get behind and enjoy and embrace, and it's beautiful. I think it's just been the perfect, like, over the last couple of years, how much have we seen the, like, love and respect for Japan and the U.S. and the NPB and Major League Baseball seemingly get, like, so much more? I, I feel, and maybe it's just me because I'm so immersed in it, but I find myself talking about NPB players all the time, and Murakami and Sasaki, and I feel like we know as much as we know about those players because of Shohei and yep. what he's been able to do over here. And he's like bridged that gap between the two mm -hmm. and made it so like, oh, we hear about these players in the MPB. Like, well, if they're anything like Shohei, like these guys, these guys could be the real deal. And they absolutely could be. And a big part of it is like Shohei doing things like this, just kind of immersing the Japanese yeah. culture. And over here, and it's been a blast to see. Yeah, he's uh, he's grown the game on a global scale, and it's it's situations and moments like that where now we are aware and we know the regular names, the top names over in Japan. So yep. it's just he's the best. Well, show he's the best, my friends. That does it. I don't know if you saw. We had a, a new transition into this Looks segment great. today. It was like an explosion on the screen. Ooh, <laughs> and it's gone. And that's how it ends, my friend. That does it. <laughs> For this week in Shohei Otani news, I, I, I'm nervous. Why? Because it's name that team time. Yep. Team time. Yep. Name that team, and I was told this is a very, very difficult week. So what we're gonna do, mm -hmm. Alex, you're gonna give me. We're still on outfielders, so we are. three outfielders from a specific team where they were drafted out of. So either the high school where they're from, the college, or the country that they were drafted out of. And I'm going to try. We're all going to try. And we, as in us, me, yeah. and the listeners, mm -hmm. we're all going to try and figure this out. So, um, yeah, let's do this. All right. You ready for team number one? I hope so. All right. Team number one. Left field out of University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee. Oh, boy. Center field, Parkland College. And right field, UConn. Name that team. Um, <laughs> my only guess here is is right field. Okay. UConn. Yep. So I'm gonna guess this is the Blue Jays. Yeah. Right, let's go. Let's go. Dude. One okay. For one. Okay. That was 15 seconds. Yeah. That was great. Parkland College. Yeah. I had no idea. I'm assuming that's. Uh. Yeah. Okay. This is. Yeah. Kevin Kiermaier yeah. there. University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee, is that? Dalton. Dalton Varsha? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, not just bad. Just right was... I love, yeah. love this from Dalton Varsha. All right. Got ready? It. Yep. Let's get you ready for, for team one. number two. Okay. Left field out of the Dominican Republic. Great. Center field, high school in Texas. And right field, 
High school in Alabama. <laughs> Name that team. A Dominican outfielder and two high schoolers. Good yep. luck, Ben. Okay. Let's see. Texas in center field and right field high school in Alabama. Yeah. Dominican left fielder. Who could that be? Oh, wait a second. Could that be... Who's... No, no. Well, no. Um, <laughs> I was thinking Mariners, but no, Julio wouldn't be Julio. Um, ah! Dominican left field. Big name. Big name. Dominican mm -hmm. left fielder. Big name left fielder from the Dominican. Seven seconds. Um, Soto. Three, no. two. Give it a guess. Padres. Yeah. What? <laughs> Yes! At the buzzer! I yes! Know. I was like, yes! He's got what? it! Oh. Uh huh. Yeah! Oh, You're baby. Let's yeah. go. I get by with a little I help from my friends. No <laughs> idea Trent Grisham was a high school out of Texas. Guy. Yep. No yep. idea. <sighs> Fun. Yeah. I, honestly? Yeah. Of every within before you even said name that team, yeah. I my brain starts working. My yeah. the first team in my head was Padres. Okay. I thought left field, Dominican, yeah. first name that comes to mind yeah. is Juan Soto. But then I looked around and I was just like, I don't, I don't think, I don't think so. But, you know. <laughs> Always go with your gut. Yeah. You know who I didn't know a ton about? Huh. David Dahl, high yeah. school, Alabama. Didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. But shot in the dark. There you go. Did it at the buzzer. Two for two. Let's go. All right. Are you ready for team yeah. number three? Okay. Left field out of high school in Georgia. Center field, high school out of Florida. Right field, Notre Dame. Name that team. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I should know this. No. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's a new thinking technique. No, mm -hmm. that's not it. My thought, my first thought was uh, Cardinals, but I don't think. Is it your final I answer? Don't think Do you no, give me a second. Jordan Walker, left field, Georgia. I believe that's correct. Center field, Florida. Lars isn't playing right now, so it wouldn't. I know he's California. So w w who do they? Ten right, seconds. Right field, Notre Dame. Mm -hmm. Right field. Gosh. I'm going to guess. I'll guess the Cardinals. Tigers. Tigers? Yeah. Okay, so Riley Green. Who's in right field? Who's the right? Matt. Veerling. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Austin, Riley, Matt. It's okay. It's Dang. your team, too. Well, One I of them. Yeah. One of them. Dang it. That's okay. okay. No, I feel like I Not did bad. pretty well. Not bad. I feel like I did pretty well. Very, very difficult. Difficult circumstances as well. I don't know what they are. I just made that part okay. up. Circumstances are what they always are. Um, I'm, I'll say I'll say B plus again. Yeah. Pretty good. That's what I was going to give you at the buzzer. 
Yeah. Yeah. All right. That was good. Uh, before we wrap up, Alex, little extra innings segment. Yeah. And it feels fitting to do this in an episode that has this week in Shohei Otani news because yep. this guy did the ultimate. This pitcher, well, I can't even say that. This player mm-hmm. for the University of Indianapolis defeated baseball. Yes. He completed baseball. <laughs> the other day, he threw a no hitter on the mound while hitting for the cycle. In the exact same game. It's incredible. Brady Ware, congratulations, my friend. Unbelievable. What a performance. Seven innings, zero hits, 11 strikeouts, four for four, five RBIs at the plate, single, double, triple, home run, no hitter on the mound. Truly remarkable. Like, has this ever been done before? I mean, other than, like, like I'm sure, and I'm sure in the high school. Well, I'm like college level, college, professional. Do we think this is ever I, professional? I would no, no doubt yeah. say that it has never happened. No, I mean, and Shohei would probably be the only person who could do it at this point, right now. He's come close to doing it before too. Yeah, uh, I, I would say my gut says this has never been done at the college or pro level. Like, like that's that just, is incredible. That's absurd. So had to mention had to mention Brady Ware for an unbelievable performance on the mound. Congratulations, my friend. That is insane. What an absolutely incredible performance. Hats off to you. Had to talk about it. Um, University of Indi- Indianapolis with a performance of a lifetime. So that's the extra innings. And that does it for this Tuesday episode of Flippin' Bats. Thank you all for listening. What a fun episode. Make sure you're subscribed anywhere you listen to your podcast, Apple or Spotify. Hit that follow button. We're also on all social media. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and you can watch every episode on YouTube as well at Flippin' Bats Pod for all of them. Thank you all for listening to this Tuesday episode. Until next time, this has been another episode of Flippin' Bats. Peace.